0: Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft Podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I am talking to the wonderful Dave Maslak, And we talk about his Reciprocity Project, which is all about creating a supportive and encouraging community of scholars. We also talk about being the first person to go to university from your family and Dave's experience of that. And we talk about the importance of believing in yourself. So I do hope you enjoy the episode. (music)
1: Hey, how are you, Emma?
0: I am very well, thank you. I was just saying, there's the most beautiful rainbow outside of my window at the moment, which I'm taking as a good omen. Not that we need a good omen, we don't need a good omen, but I'm I'm taking it as one anyway. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for saying yes to this random woman who emailed you.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm all about these chance encounters, I think it's really wonderful.
0: But I came across your work... um, the, the work you do in terms of your YouTube videos and the information you put out online to support PhD students. And I was just really taken by the spirit of generosity in it. And then I found out about your reciprocity project, which we're going to talk a bit more about in a, in a minute. And I was like, even more like, this is fabulous. So I'm so pleased that you said yes to come and, and to talk um, about that with us. Um, I always start these interviews though with asking people about their own experience of the PhD process and how they got to where they are now so would you mind telling us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah um, so thank you for letting me uh, be part of your project as well I think it's very cool um, and I hope you keep this up <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's very a worthwhile endeavor um, so if you don't know who I am I'm an uh, associate so I'm Professor Dave Masak, I'm Associate Professor of Innovation strategy and entrepreneurship. So I did my undergrad in uh, at the University of Waterloo in chemical engineering and uh, did some sociology as well. And then I did a master's in um, management science, which is kind of like an engineering thing um, at the same university. So it's a it's a kind of an engineering school. And then I did my doctorate in business administration at the Ivy Business School in, uh, all in Canada. So I'm totally Canadian, born and raised. And then, you know, I got a job at uh, Florida State University, which I loved, the wonderful people. And now I, uh, I'm, I'm working here. And um, I'm not sure if you wanna get into the whole process and everything like that in terms of what you're expecting with uh you know with the phd journey and, and things like that
0: well i'm fascinated that you did chemical engineering and sociology that is a wild mixture um in t- so that's your undergrad and then went on to the doctorate in business administration which is a, is a bit of a shift i wonder what what was that process for you in terms of applying for that
1: Cool. Yeah, so everybody thinks that there's a big shift, but um, I was always interested in people and how people sort of work and interact with technology and innovation. So, um, you know, thinking about how people actually use technology and interact with technologies that has always been kind of an interesting thing or a thing that I, I enjoy trying to understand um, and so you kind of have to have an understanding and so in actually in in my field uh, of business administration which is kind of like strategy and innovation um you have to understand like things like psychology and sociology and as well as the technology themselves so it's in the field itself there's actually a lot of people that are engineers and then they do an mba or something like that and then they go and do a doctorate after that so a lot of people in business schools that are professors in business schools, they tend to be a little bit older. Um, you know, they, this is kind of their their second career. But for me, I was, I was young and I just went straight through. I was always kind of curious, kind of intellectual person. I don't know why there was nobody in my family that was, I mean, my dad, um, you know, neither of them went to, so my parents didn't, you know, didn't complete high school. Uh, my mom did later on, once I was in university um, but my dad was always like this tinkerer and he always was making things and building things. Um, you know, he's just kind of, a, kind of an oddball person that way, like in an inventor more than anything is what we'd call today, you know, not an innovator in terms of somebody that's actually going to go sell that stuff, but he was always building things for, for the household. Um, you know, I came from a large family with, with five kids. Um, wow. and so they had to make do, like it was just my dad working. And, you know, my mom was <laughs> CEO of the household. Exactly. Um, she was
0: working, don't you? Work. Oh, my gosh. She totally was. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I know. And, and now I look at it, I've, I've got uh, two two little um, little guys running around, too, while well, they're older now. But um, it's, it's a busy lifestyle. Um, so, you know, just the curiosity of doing something and then also the, the challenge of you know how you kind of build up on in 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 academia, where you're just kind of building things and building things. It's it's, it's a really exciting sort of position to be in, where you're always mm-hmm. doing discovery. Um, and I love the discovery, the search and discovery aspect of it, um, where you're you're taking a deep dive, right?
0: Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really interested. So I was the first person in my family to go to university, let alone do a PhD. I'm really oh interested in that story that you had, and how, how did you find that then? In terms of going off to do that and, and taking taking it to such a level. So your dad had given you this love of tinkering and experimenting. How was it to enter into that system?
1: And oh my God. <laughs> it was like, so, um, you know, being Canadian, Canada's huge. And uh, we grew up, I grew up north of Minnesota. So if you folks can imagine where, where that is, if you just go to the middle of, of the United States and then drive straight north. And the coldest part in mainland United States uh, is International Falls, Minnesota. And then we're like, two and a half hours north of that. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, like the winter times were minus 30, minus 40 on on a fairly regular basis. And so there's nobody, very few people that live there. There's like um, 6,000, 6,500 people that live there in the town that I grew up. And then, so we had to go to go to to university. We had to go a long ways away. So the closest city is four hours away. So I had to go. Um, I chose to go to, it's a, it's a pretty good, well-known university in Canada. Um, and so I went there and it's like two days drive to get there. Um, so it was like really kind of daunting and, and scary. And, um, you know, that definitely the emotional component of it is mm. is very real when you're going through it um, mm. and sort of stumbling through things.
0: And I think I can certainly relate to, I mean, I just went to the other end of England, so I didn't really, it wasn't two days, although it did feel like it. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that sense of, of being the being the pioneer can be really invigorating. I mean, I certainly, I, I felt for me, it was very permission giving because nobody really had an expectation of what I was going to do. It was kind of like, oh, Emma's off doing her thing. Didn't really know what that was, um, which actually was great. But I think that that sense, so that could be really invigorating. But I think also you don't have that, sense of understanding. The flip side of that is that you are finding this all out for yourself and you do have to be really resourceful. Um, And from what I know of you so far, which is very little, but I I do get that sense of you being a very resourceful person um, who will, yeah, build build support networks for yourself.
1: Yeah. So oddly enough, I (laughs) wasn't... I wouldn't say that I, I'm I'm that kind of person. I actually had to sort of develop that and grow that um, as I've been doing. Part, actually, part of the Reci- reciprocity project has been definitely part of that. Um, but just knowing to actually get. Um, I think I'm just that kind of person that just doesn't give up and okay. there is like some way to get around it and i remember like i remember sort of breaking points in you know post my undergrad where i wasn't doing that well you know kind of bombing grades and stuff like that and then there was like a breaking point and then i was like i have to get my act together and then so i just spent all my time in the library and just studied nonstop um for the last couple of years and uh, you know like there was moments, definitely moments like that in in all parts of what I was doing. And you just get to a point where you don't really care about you know this sort of other aspects of life, and then you you have to sort of to accomplish it, you have to work pretty hard and and to to get there. Um, and so you know part of this re- resourcefulness is just kind of like, how am I going to get actually you know accomplish this thing, and what do you do to accomplish this thing? So, I love
0: it well I, th- I suppose if you're the sort of person who's going to drive two days to get to university you're not going to give up it, you see, are you? it's a so big
1: it's a big commitment in so well, many it, ways yeah you know but, but the funny thing is is like everybody that grew up in um so it's Dryden Ontario everybody that grew up there they had to go away uh if they're going to go to university and stuff um and so I think it was you know it's not unusual right do that but at the same time you know I felt for me it was unusual and it's kind of a scary thing to do
0: mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so you did that you you got those qualifications and now you are working um as um a professor within the uh business school yeah and but you also have this kind of outreach program if i could put it that way. Um, so tell tell me a little bit about that in terms of how that
1: came about oh thanks yeah no um so the whole you're talking about the reciprocity yeah, project but yeah. okay so the way it worked out it um you know I was really, always struggling with writing as you can imagine you know being kind of an engineering person I would, <laughs> I'm not the best writer um and you know I can sort of put ideas together but I can't sort of execute on some of those ideas and so about a year or two years into my program I was um, or as an assistant professor driving back and we live four hours from everything's four hours uh, we live four hours from Disney so I have uh, you know a three-year-old and uh, you know, a five-year-old in the car driving back from going to Disney and it was just me in the car um, cause so my wife was going to a conference in Disney at, around in Orlando at the time. So driving back, and I was like, man, you know this is a struggle. Just kind of like, it, it, and then I realized, like, why can't I actually build something that could help other people out and allow them to, you know not struggle with this process and make it a lot more easier to not only write and become a better researcher? Um, but, you know, to 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 feel like part of a community. And you know, I was like, oh, you know, I could build this thing. So I go back and I can't, um, you know, it was, I kind of tucked it away. And I was thinking about it over months and months. And, you know, I just couldn't sleep. I know it was um, I, it's kind of weird. It's sort of a difficult thing to get it out of my mind. So I started doing it. And eventually I ended up building this, this software, which is, um, it's a sharing economy editing software. It's kind of like a feedback software. So you imagine, so for those of you who are, you know, most of you are probably academics or PhDs and researchers anyways that are, are doing this. But imagine the peer review process, but we, we sort of put it on a system or some sort of um, software where you interact and you interact with other people that are, you know, editors, quote unquote editors, and they give you feedback on your work. And so what this allows you to do is, get, you know, tap into not only academic people, um, but, you know, people like, uh, you know, single moms and single dads and stuff that are at home and they want to help out with scientists and researchers. Um, this was really important for me because in my my undergrad, my mom would sometimes help me, you know, um, edit some of my work and stuff like that. And I thought, well, you know, not everybody has a mom so why can't we create something where it sort of mimics that process and so you as you interact with it you get you know credits and stuff as you help other people out um, and then you know i can build in or we can build in a, um you know different features to help people write so you know different machine learning algorithms and stuff like that to sort of help you write better and sort of make it part of the system so i anyways um, I built this thing. I, I eventually, I was like, it couldn't get out of my mind. And I convinced my my wife to, uh, to to help pay for this thing. And I got some contract developers. We built this thing, put it out on the internet. And there was absolutely nothing. There was like crickets. <laughs> it was like, I, I just totally didn't understand that aspect of, yeah, no crap that we have to market this thing and get this thing out. Um, so, you know, I just talking to a friend that... Uh, that, that was kind of in the industry and he was like, why don't you just do YouTube videos about it? So I started doing YouTube videos and eventually what I realized as I started doing these YouTube videos um, and I was doing them a lot, I realized that the questions people were really wondering about and dealing with were uh, um, you know, the things that you type on the internet and then you you need help on. And a lot of it was you know, graduate students and researchers and professors are really struggling with things um, that were deeply profound to them, and really a lot of it is kind of like you know, negative emotional things. And so, I was like, Well, you know, let's address these things because nobody else is doing it. And so, how can we tell people that they're normal, that they are, you know, like they're, they're outstanding, remarkable people, and that it that to, to give them some sort, of, sort of belief in themselves again. Um, You know, here is in in an academia, it's kind of a weird thing, right? we take in these amazingly bright and talented people and then we put them through a system that's so rigorous that they just kind of lose faith in themselves. So Mm -hmm. why can't we, you know, create a a group or a community where we go on and, um, you know, people are cheering other people on? And so that's why I started doing these YouTube videos about and became sort of progressively more geared towards, you know, cheering people on and giving them help and motivation and things like that because it is a tough process. Um, you know, I just, like yeah.
0: Well, I, there was so much that I love about all of that. <laughs> I think this this whole thing about as you say about cheerleading, about support, about community. Um And bringing that because people are so hungry for that. Um, And I love this idea of reciprocity and of sharing (laughs) because as we all know, the peer review system as it stands is not necessarily generous spirited, encouraging, supportive. Um, Actually, you know, I know I have been in tears over feedback that I've got back and actually it seems that what you're all about is about building, encouraging um because we all have got to learn we we're all on a journey, and that actually the 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 sense of having a community of people there to build each other up truly excites me. I think that what what a brilliant um community to get involved in really
1: <laughs> thank you. Um, well, you know, and and the other thing is, is not necessarily like, you know, I don't want to be that kind of motivational speaker and stuff like that. That's not what. But I want to show people, like, kind of what you're doing is, it's like, you know, you could be a totally normal individual, and and you know, just be a person that is just dealing with these things and we kind of need outlets and how to actually deal with some of this stuff, because who do you turn to, yeah. right? You know, if you, if you turn to your colleagues and stuff, then, you know, you kind of sound like a liner or something, but if you go to the internet and, and you type in, how do I deal with this kind of stuff? And, and somebody that's like, you know, some random dude um, or, or random, you know, person is just kind of telling you, it's just, you know, you're totally normal. Um, everybody sort of has these emotions and stuff like this. If you just, you know, take a step back and realize that you are, um, you know, a remarkable, uh, just amazing person, and you, you sort of detach from that, the more that you can do that, the more that you can deal with this stuff and know that there's other people out there that are just like you, that are just as messed up in <laughs> and, and a total disaster, but at the same time, you know, just, just absolutely perfect.
0: Um, That's the thing. I think it's, it's about humanizing, isn't It's we are not brains on sticks. We are people. It's a brilliant quote, which I'm going to awfully misquote now. It's like, we are, we are feeling machines that think, not thinking machines that feel, and I kind of, it's, we are feeling machines. And so um, we need to attend to that because, you know, on a, on a, a biological level if we don't attend to that we can't think properly because our brains are flooded. Um so uh, that's really important at that level. But I think yeah this sense of connection.
1: Yeah
0: connection is what I, I really get from from the videos that you in I say this real generosity of spirit there and encouraging that as a kind of why can't why can't academia be like that? Because um, there are so many gorgeous people in it. I'm sure you know lots of gorgeous people I certainly do. Um, and to yeah to be there for each other and cheerlead for each other i think is fantastic um so i always ask a very unfair question really um at the at the end in terms of asking for a top tip for people to um take away with them so do you have a top tip for phd students <laughs> just so, so-
1: Absolutely. Um, So first of all, I got two tips, I guess. First one is, is really, really try to have belief in yourself. Um, Really can do this. This is something that a lot of people have done before you and they're far from perfect. Um, In fact, most of us are really kind of, we're messy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, the second thing is go get a walk go for walks there's is the most miraculous thing you'll ever do is just going when you have those moments where you're just like frustrated and are almost in tears just go for a walk Mm -hmm. and for some reason i don't know if it's because of evolution and this is what we did for our most of our lives um you know way back when thousands of years ago but going for a walk is 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 a miracle drug um It just totally changes who you are.
0: I love that. And you might see a rainbow. You see, that's why we have the (laughs) rainbow. That's what it was all about. That was the gift of the universe today. Go for a walk, find the rainbow. Oh, Dave, I could talk to you for so much longer. It's been truly a joy. Um, All the the links we will have in the show notes so that people can find your reciprocity project, because I'm sure they'll want to. We'll have the links to the YouTube um, channel too. Thank you so much for being here with us today and thank you for the work that you are doing um and thank you
1: all too for listening yeah thank, um absolutely thank you so much for for having me um join your your podcast it's a worthwhile endeavor again keep doing it um it's gonna feel. A challenge, but really, a lot of people do appreciate what you're doing, Emma. Um, and then for for the audience, just I mean, you you really can do this. This is not something that's outside of your outside of your fingertips at this moment. So just keep it up.